Indeed, God has blessed America. Man, there is no doubt about it. And here in just a couple of days, this great nation of ours will celebrate, I believe, I want to make sure I get it right, man, 247. That's a lot of birthdays. Uh, but we will be celebrating our 247th birthday. And, uh, and like I said, as we began our, our worship hour, I do hope and pray that all of us have a safe and, and wonderful holiday and enjoy this time uh, together and with our family as we celebrate this great nation of ours. But I also hope that as Christians, uh, I hope that this blessed nation of ours is something that is on our heart and mind every day. I hope that being thankful to God for what He has blessed us with, I hope that that's something that is ever at the forefront of our hearts and our minds. That as we go from day to day, that that we are a people praising and thanking God for all of the wonderful blessings that He has given to us. And so we're going to spend some time today looking at some of the characteristics of a nation that, that God has and will continue to bless. Because as Alan read for us just a moment ago in Psalm 33 and verse 12, truly blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. If you were to do a study of the book of Deuteronomy, one of the things you would find in chapter 8 is you would find that the children of Israel were preparing to cross over into the promised land. Of course, I know you remember that they had been slaves under Egyptian bondage for all those many, many years. And then they found themselves, after the freedom of no longer being slaves, then they found themselves wandering, aimlessly wandering the the desert for so very long. Now they finally have reached this point where here is the border. They are finally ready to cross over into this land of promise. And so Moses is trying to prepare them for what they are going to experience, what they are going to receive, the blessings of God that will be theirs, but also the warning. The warning of what could happen to them. The warning of what they need to continue to do to continue to be blessed by God. To continue to be a nation, a people, blessed by God. If you've never noticed before, in Deuteronomy chapter 8, man, it is an amazing parallel between us as Americans and where the children of Israel were entering into that promised land. Let's pick up reading here in Deuteronomy chapter 8, beginning of verse 11. He said, Take care, lest you forget the Lord your God by not keeping His commandments, His rules, and His statutes, which I command you today. Lest when you have eaten and are full and have built good houses and, and live in them. Let's, let's pause there. Is that a description, that latter part, is that a description of who we are right now? I don't want to make a, a false assumption here, but as I quickly scan the auditorium, I'm assuming that none of us went through days of hunger this past week. I'm assuming that that most of us, whenever we got hungry, we found something to eat. Whether it was what we wanted or not, we were able to find something to eat. And we ate till we were full. I would assume that all of us here, especially by the standards of the globe, maybe not by all of America's standards, but by the standards of the globe we inhabit, 
all of us have very nice homes. All of us have a, a roof over our head. We have a place to lay our head at night. It, it keeps us dry when it's raining, mostly. It keeps us cool, mostly. <laughs> keeps us warm, mostly. But we have somewhere that again, even if it in our mind, as we can maybe compare ourselves to the, the lifestyles of the rich and famous here in America, but if we compare ourselves to the majority of humanity on this globe, all of us have very good houses. And so there's a warning here as Moses is about to send them into this promised land. He says, listen, you are about to be really, really blessed. I mean, you are about to be so blessed that you're no longer going to be enslaved. You're no longer going to be wandering around the wilderness living in tents. You're no longer going to be wondering where your next meal is going to come from. I mean, you are about to have good food and you are about to have good houses. Life is going to be blessed. So be careful. Take care lest you forget the Lord your God. Be careful that as you enter into this land of promise, be careful that you don't get so comfortable you forget God. Be careful that that you don't become so comfortable in the, the blessings of this life that you forget who's given you those very blessings. Moses would go on to say in verse 13, And when your herds and flocks multiply, and your silver and gold is multiplied, and all you have is multiplied, your hearts be lifted up, and you forget the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt. Go down to verse 17. He says, Beware. Beware lest you say in your heart, My power and the might of my hand have gotten me this wealth. You shall remember the Lord your God. For it is He who gives you power to get wealth, that He may confirm His covenant He swore to your fathers as it is this day. And if you forget the Lord your God and go after other gods and serve them and worship them, I solemnly warn you today, you shall surely perish. Like the nations the Lord makes to perish before you, so shall you perish, because you would not obey the voice of of the Lord your God. Wow. Lord, what are the characteristics of a nation that You will bless? Those who obey Me. Those who live for Me. Those who are continuing to maintain My commandments, My rules, My statutes. Okay. Well, God... What about the nations that may perish? What, what about the ones that you, you don't continue to, to bless? Why, why would you do that? Because they forgot me. They no longer honor me as their God. You see, is it possible... While we, while we rejoice in the fact, hopefully rejoice in the fact that God has blessed us as a people, are we open to the same fact those blessings are not promised forever? 
Are we open to the same fact that that which we so are so very thankful for may not always be ours? Is it possible? Is it possible for for people to change? Is it possible for for a collective people, a nation to change? To change to such a degree that that it would no longer have or know the blessings of God? Well, in Romans chapter 1, there has certainly been a change. And and Paul is, is writing about that change here And it's a change seen both in the lives of individuals as well as the collective. And he wrote in Romans 1 verse 23 that they exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. So, what was happening? Instead of acknowledging how awesome God is, instead of acknowledging that that we have one true God, that He is the Creator and Sustainer of all life, instead of acknowledging that, well, people began to worship the things of this world instead. They they, they took their focus off of the one true God and they they began to worship the things of this life. Making the the things of this life their, their gods. So yeah. That is something that can absolutely happen. You say, but how did that happen? How would people ever get to that point in their life where they would take their focus off of the one true God? Well, if you back up in the text, it says, for although they knew God, they did not honor Him as God or give thanks to Him, but they became futile in their thinking. Their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools. Did you know, uh, according to a recent survey that I I found, um, about 81% of adult Americans believe in God. And I think that's great. 81% adult Americans believe in God. However, that's down 5%, or no, 6% from the five years prior to that. And, And if you look at what that means... Believing in God, that, that's just a very broad way of saying that there are still a lot of people who have all kinds of beliefs about who this God is, but at least there are still 81% of us who at least believe in God. So that's a good thing. But what we saw in Scripture, what we just saw, let's go back to that. While knowing there is a God, believing in Him is, is good, it's not enough. You see, we need to be a people who not only believe in or know that there is a God, but we must be a people who continue to what? Honor Him. A people who continue to do what? Give thanks to Him. Because what happens in this life for for so many, we get so caught up in the day-to-day workings of life that maybe on special days, maybe on Sundays, we go, man, I am so thankful for God. But, but we really don't live our life as though we're thankful for God. We, we really don't think about everything we have being a blessing from above. You know how I know that? I know that because of the pronouns we all use. 
including myself. Oh, let me show you my new fill in the blank. Did you catch what I said there? My. Because in our heart of hearts, that's what we think. It's mine. I have worked hard for this. I have sweated. I have labored. I have saved. I have purchased. It's all about me. And what I have. My blood, my sweat, my tears, my money, my job, my car, my house, my clothes. It's mine. Very common way of looking at the things of this life. But it's not a godly way of looking at those things, is it? Because you see, if we're a people who really believe that all good things are from above, if we really do believe that that God has blessed us, then we will consistently live like it, won't we? Where we begin to acknowledge, readily acknowledge and accept that everything we have is not by our own doing, but by the power, the might, by the hand of God? That everything that we have, whether it be the the breath in our body, the health that we have, the, the power, the strength to be able and have a job, to attain money, to buy the things, all of that's from God. All of it. And when we become a people that don't acknowledge that, we become a people who don't honor God and thank God, then we're just like those who only know about God. And that's not what we want. How many times have we heard a prayer prayed? Or or maybe we ourselves have worded our prayer in such a way where we said, God, thank You so much for all the blessings of today. But did we really mean it? God, I know that without You, I would have nothing. Do we really mean it? Do we really believe that without God, we would have nothing? Or or is that struggle in us, that tug of war in us, over mine and His? You see, all throughout time, I guess this has been a problem for mankind. A problem where where we can begin to to acknowledge because of creation, we acknowledge there's a Creator, but we really don't want to surrender to Him. And we really don't want to acknowledge that every blessing, that all good things are from Him. Church, I hope that as we just prepare to leave here today, I I hope that we will know and appreciate how blessed we really are. And know that were it not for God, again, we would have none of the things that we hold so dear, whether it be our freedoms or the clothes in our closet, whatever those things are, whatever those blessings are, they are from God. And we need to be a people who are continually living our life as such where we recognize and acknowledge that God is the Creator. He is the Ruler. He has sustained me. He has blessed me. He has given me life. He has given me health. 
man, He has given me the hope and the blessing of life everlasting. He has given us so much. We have so much to be thankful to God for. And it is so much more. It's so much more than just eating a hot dog at a cookout and saying, God bless America. It is so much more than that. Every blessing. Every freedom. Every good thing. All good things are from above. And if we want to make sure that we, that we do our part, <laughs> that we do our part as individuals and collectively as the body of Christ, if we want to continue to do our part to live in a way that will please our God in hopes that He will continue to bless this nation in the present and the future the way that He did in the past, number one, make sure we're not forgetting His commandments, His statutes, and His rules. Make sure that we're not living our life for ourselves instead of living it for Him. And number two, make sure. Make sure that the 4th of July and Thanksgiving and Christmas and other holidays aren't the only time the attitude of gratitude is on your heart and your lips. Make sure that we're a people that doesn't require a holiday for us to be mindful of how thankful we are. That when we wake up in the morning, we sit up, we say, thank you, God. And we're able to get up and go about our day, we say, thank you, God. We have a car to get in to go wherever we need to go, we say, thank you, God. We go from place to place with clothes on our back, we say, thank you, God. We're able to go when we're hungry and get something to eat, we say, thank you, God. We need gas for those vehicles. No matter how expensive that gas may be, we still put it in our tank and we say, thank you, God. We should be a people ever thankful because if we're not, we will slowly but surely just become a part of the masses. Yeah, we believe in God. But it doesn't really impact our life. Thank you. Thank you, God, for every spiritual, every physical blessing. Thank you. Maybe you're here today. Maybe you've never obeyed the gospel of Christ. Maybe you have never been immersed for the forgiveness of your sins. You don't know that blessing. That blessing could be yours today. Or maybe you as a child of God's, maybe you have done that, but for whatever the reason, you've taken your eyes off of Jesus, you've taken your eyes off the blessed hope, you can come back to Him today. But whatever it is, just leave here knowing that as a child of God's, living for God, living a life full of thanksgiving, our life, man, it can make such a wonderful impact on this amazing nation of ours, along with our community and our family and this blessed church family. But we have to make sure that we're living for our God. Thank you, God. Thank you for all the ways you've blessed us. We can help you in any way. Won't you come so we stand and sing?